All right, we're back, and we're going to be talking today um, about a couple different things. So, if you weren't aware and you and you don't follow us on Instagram, first of all, go to our Instagram page, Modern Athlete Strength, um, and check out our broadcast channel. So, we're going to go through a couple questions that we were asked in our broadcast channel today um, and get those answered. Uh, now, with all the questions in our broadcast. Can't get to them all on the podcast, but we will answer them um, in some form or fashion, whether that's through the podcast, through our newsletter that you can sign up for on the site, uh, or just a direct message back to you in the broadcast channel. Uh, we will get it answered. Uh, but before we kick off, uh, I want to talk real quick about uh, our eight-week custom programming giveaway. So we're going to announce the winner on December 25th. Uh, basically, all this is. So you can go to our pin post on Instagram and enter for free. Um, we're going to pick a winner Christmas morning. You're going to get on a Google uh, meet or Zoom call with us. We're going to discuss your training goals, your injury history or any limitations you may have, your equipment availability. And we're going to work with you to build out an eight-week custom program to help you meet your training goals. Uh, and while you're at it, speaking of Christmas morning, if you want to give somebody a great gift this year, Go to our site and check out our annual training plans that we have available that are discounted from uh, our monthly subscription rate. And you can give somebody a full year or give yourself, if you'd like to, of modern athlete uh, training. Um, work directly with us and our subscription teams. Get it a year in advance and uh, you know, save yourself a little bit of money each month. All right, so straight from our broadcast channel questions and these are kind of ice cold we're going to go through them um, but we have a few that gravitate around one topic which is distance running and strength building and i'm going to take that to really mean concurrent training so like are we able to advance both strength and endurance simultaneously and if so what are the uh, considerations that we should account for in our in our training plan and then we had another one, strength and endurance for tactical athletes that I kind of look at in the same vein um, with just some minor deviations that we're going get, to get to uh, towards the end. So uh, real quick, Ben, Jimmy, I guess whoever wants to take this one, but like, let's talk about in a nutshell, what is concurrent? It's the ability to train multiple qualities all at once. Um, but the, the important thing is we're not trying to get two doctorates here. You have to look at your program and think about, okay, am I trying to be stage ready and be a bodybuilder? Am I trying to run a marathon? Because those are two conflicting things. Yes, we can do distance work and yes, we can do some hypertrophy work, but there's a difference between competing at a high level and have everyday training and balanced training. So I think just understanding that um, is very important when putting together a program and when thinking about your own program is like, all right, if I'm on the tactical team, what am I trying to achieve? Like a lot of people that are on the tactical, tactical team, I'm sure have other things going on. Maybe they're getting ready for a marathon, whatever, whatever the goals are, but just start to focus a little bit more on one. Like if I know I'm going to run a marathon, I'm probably going to bring back my training max and dial back the strength work. Not to say I'm not going to do strength training, but maybe I'm not pushing the threshold as much on my strength work and I need to put more of my emphasis on my zone two work and really trying to prep for that. Whereas if you're trying to get ready for a powerlifting meet, it doesn't mean I'm not going to run at all. I'm not going to do any conditioning. So maybe I'm just dialing back some of my intensity with my runs and putting more of my efforts towards my strength work. Just understanding like that, 
the way I described it is you're not getting two doctorates at the same time. You're yeah. not trying to do high level work of multiple things at once. So Right. Yeah, that was that was really like a, and to your point exactly, that was why we established the tactical athlete endurance team as well, because we saw that same need because and I'm sure like you've seen with some of the athletes you work with, that depending what you're training for, you know, you can tip the scales one way or another about like, hey, I need to be really endurance focused right now to meet these specific goals. Or like, hey, if I'm not training for anything that requires a substantial amount of, um, you know, mileage in, in a training progression, then, you know, I can maybe focus like a little bit more on strength here and then maybe more so just like my mid-distance running. Um, but particularly for like the tactical side, especially like if you're getting ready for like a school or some sort of selection or something, it's probably going to be very endurance heavy. 100%. Um, and the way I compare it, not that it's the tactical side, but similar in college athletics, in the early off season, athletes are coming off their season, usually having a, a time off from training or just optional workouts. And then they get back in the weight room with the strength coach. At that point in time, I'm not trying to get them really big and strong and then need them at like in-season form as far as conditioning goes. So I'm trying to build some hypertrophy, build some strength early off-season, but I'm still sprinkling sprinkling in conditioning work. And then as the off-season progresses and as we get closer to in-season, that focus changes a little bit. We go less volume in the weight room, maybe higher intensity work, but then our conditioning picks up, our agility work picks up and things like that. So just understanding whether it's athlete based, whether it's tactical side, whatever it may be, or if you're training for a particular event, jujitsu, whatever, just understand, look in the future. What are you training for? What needs to be the most important thing at that time? And really dig your feet into that. So, yes, so I think it's important to throughout your training, constantly be doing that needs analysis. Like you brought up, you know, if you're coming back from the off season or you're starting the off season, um, you know, that GPP work that you're going to be doing, but obviously it's going to shift as you get closer to spring ball, um, you know, the actual season starting. And same thing with the military side, like Brian just brought up with schools or maybe it's an ACFT. Like if you're somebody on the ACFT where you know you're easily going to hit 340 on your trap bar deadlift. Maybe not spend so much time there focused on your strength of the deadlift when you know to max out your run, it's going to be much closer. You can shift more of your training to maxing out that run as opposed to spending so much time with that deadlift. Yeah, that's a great point. Just, yeah, looking at yourself, where are you the most efficient? Like, arm size doesn't matter for most people. Load is important. Look good, feel good, play good. And yeah. that matters. But, again, I think that's a great point as far as, like, maybe not to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, beach season, whatever that is for people. If you're going on vacation, maybe arms are a little bit more important. But, in all seriousness, like, look at yourself and understand, like, where are your blind spots in training? What do you struggle with? And maybe that's an area that you need to emphasize a little bit more. But you can do it all at the same time. Yeah. Totally. So I think the elephant in the room that like people always bring up is the interference effect. Uh, I guess how I've always looked at it is that the interference effect is negligible if you are managing the intensity of your training um, and your recovery appropriately. Uh, now, what I would not recommend for people that are doing both strength training and long distance running is taking a full, I don't know, powerlifting strength plan and then taking a full a half marathon or a marathon prep plan and just stacking them on top of each other because 
both programs are made independently of another to be the only thing that you do in preparation for this one event. So I think when you stack like a full strength plan and a full running plan on top of each other, you just get kind of like shitty in both of them. And you're probably missing out on a lot of the gains that like you could be making. Whereas if it's like, hey, you know, I know I'm going to have X amount of mileage in this week. So like I need to account for that in the volume and intensity that I'm actually lifting at. Because like we only have so much capacity to handle the stress of training for each person. And like for the guys in our tactical team, I always program assuming that you're doing something else outside of the gym that is imposing some form of stress on you as well. Um, so I think it's important that if we are trying to mitigate the interference effect as much as possible, that we are taking a closer look at managing the overall volume and intensity of the training plan and not just trying to stack two things on top of each other. hundred percent agree. And, and just managing volume too. Like if you're trying to progress yourself and you're adding a little bit more running onto your plan from the tactical team, let's say you have a goal of doing that distance event or whatever, just make sure you're doing it the right way. We talk about it all the time, like 10% increases every week and then you deload every fourth week and just keep building up that 10%. And usually that's a smooth spot where you won't see, or you shouldn't see overuse injuries, things like that. Where you see those overuse type injuries is when there's a drastic change, whether it's high intensity or high volume change from week to week. So just understanding that if you do that the right way, you can build everything simultaneously slow over time. It's, it's not a quick fix. It's not a, Hey, eight weeks and we're going to be running a marathon. Like, you have to think these things through and get get on the calendar, put a goal together, and, and you can get there. So yeah, it's not flashy, but it works. Simple. Yeah. Well, and to your point on taking those two programs, you're not going to do both of them together. It's understanding what stimulus works for you as well. To where you know some people may need a little bit more volume in that in the weight room, or some people may need a little bit more volume out there actually running. But cutting out the unnecessary volume out of both of those programs to hit the proper stimulus to make progress. Yeah, absolutely. And to wrap it up, um, I want to address the other question about the strength and endurance for tactical athletes. Um, it's a good question. I actually don't look at our tactical athlete team much different than any other hybrid training plan or concurrent training plan. I don't think that people in the tactical realm really need to train all that differently than anybody that is just simply following a concurrent or hybrid training plan. I, th I think where the difference is, and at least this is the mentality that we have and like why we call a tactical athlete is that in addition to the training that we do based off the needs analysis of the population that we're training for, uh, we have some specific movements and mobility that addresses common injuries that come from wearing body armor regularly or wearing a rucksack. So it addresses that specifically. And then we have uh, kind of a heavier emphasis on external load carriage. So like rucking or really just anything that you're going to add to your frame and have to carry for distance, um, I think is important within the tactical realm. So that's why you see us doing not only rucking, but a fair amount of strongman work or, you know, moving around odd objects. And like we do a decent amount on the regular tactical athlete team, at least of strongman work for conditioning. And I do like that stuff a lot as a, a work capacity piece, but you know, really only in those regards is that going to be any different for the tactical side. And it's really just an analysis based off of uh, like what you need specifically for your job. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys have anything else to, to yeah, add to it's that. This, it's the same, it's the same of, principles, same principle that I, I carried over with, college athletics, the teams that I work with, 
nowhere I worked with football, basketball, lacrosse, volleyball, baseball, you name it, I've worked with it um, as far as sports go. Never in a program was I having a basketball player shoot a basketball or shoot a move with a, a weighted um, basketball or trying to mimic the sport in, in the weight room. Like we are general physical preparedness coaches. We are giving you the qualities and the attributes to be successful in your sport. There's nothing more specific to sport or tactical than doing that thing. So get really good at the basics in the weight room, and then it will carry over to whatever your job is, whatever your sport is. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people want to skip that phase when so many people can improve their performance by just getting good at the basics. Yeah. But everyone wants to be so specific and skip like that huge base building phase, and then they end up with injuries that are burnt out and anything else from it. Regulate. And I think that's where like the focus you know, should be at in the weight room isn't necessarily replicating, you know, what we do in a tactical environment in the weight room. We should just be really focusing on the biomechanical uh, movement patterns. We should be focusing on the energy demands that we've derived from our needs analysis and then focusing on what is going to keep people durable and healthy over time. And that's it. You, you hit on all great points there. The only thing I'd say is <clears throat> anytime I worked with a team in college, and I didn't know anything about the sport, the first thing I would do is go to the sport and go to practice, go to games, so you can touch on all those things, the biomechanics of the sport, the common injuries, just the energy system development, all those things. I'm not trying to mimic that in the weight room, but movement pattern-wise, I am, but I'm not trying to do, we're not doing, like I mentioned, I'm not having kids in the weight room with a lacrosse stick, same way you wouldn't for the tactical team have a rifle in their hand as they're doing lunges. Like it's just, I mean, some people call that tactical training. <laughs> it, I've seen it before. <laughs> just understand the, the movements of the sport or whatever your job is, the energy systems, the common areas that are injured. And that's how you can make it sport specific or a job specific is, is those things. You don't need to, the most specific thing, like I said, the most specific thing you can do is actually that activity or that sport. So I, I try to keep, that stuff out and just stick with the basics. But I hope that answers any questions uh, regarding concurrent training. Um, hey, I say it every time, but we're a small podcast. We're a small strength training company. I don't put any advertising into this. So really the only way this gets in front of people is if you help us share it. So we would appreciate if you'd send this to somebody who might be interested and that if you hit five stars on whatever listening platform that you're on, we appreciate it. We'll catch you next time.